Welcome to the Hey Salespeople podcast, where we focus on delivering immediately actionable best practices for sales professionals. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Hey, salespeople. It's my great pleasure to welcome Mike Litt to the show. Mike, welcome. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Mike is the CEO and co-founder of Vidyard. And as you would expect, today we're going to talk about best practices for using video in selling. I always begin off-topic. And the off-topic question I have for you is, what's one of your favorite sales books or sales-related books of all time? And, and maybe one or two of the tips you can share with the listeners. Yes. Uh, great question. And this is going to be a bit of an unorthodox recommendation, perhaps. And it is called, If You Give a Pig a Pancake. <laughs> it sounds like a children's book. It is. It is. It is a, it's a solid 10 to 15 pages. And there's a bunch of books in this series. I think If You Give a Pig a Party is, is a follow-on. But basically, what this book summarizes is, you give a pig a pancake, then the pig wants a plate to put the pancake on. Then they want maple syrup. And then they need a table to put the plate and the maple syrup on. And then they need a house. And then they get messy. And they need to get cleaned up. And it's a story of kind of the cascading effect of giving things that ultimately result in unintended consequences or asks for more things. You know, it's product related, it's resource related. So, you know, sales teams always feel like they can't necessarily sell what's currently available. They want a whole bunch of XY features. But as soon as you deliver those XY features, there's always ABC features that come with it. It goes along with, in a way, challenger type selling, which is rather than just hit somebody over the head with the final idea, you want them to feel as though the idea was theirs. So if you're going to build up to a bigger idea, maybe start with something small that, that cascades in their in their own mind. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, the analogy here is pig one on a pancake and at the end of it all, it needed a house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, well, we can transition then into our topic for the day, which is best practices around uh, using video and selling. I saw that you went through the Y Combinator program pretty much right out of school. Did you come into that with the Vidyard idea or was there something that preceded and you pivoted into it? Basically, when I was 12, my great uncle gave me a camcorder and it was a shoulder-mounted VHS thing that everybody in my family called the rocket launcher. And I would bring this thing to family events, to school events, and I was always recording video. Uh, it was my thing. And so got into high school, started doing that uh, with respect to freestyle skiing, recording my friends. And what we would do is we'd grab these videos, upload them to YouTube, basically separate players on YouTube, and send each version to different sponsors. And when the view counter went from zero to one, we would follow up with them. Uh, and hopefully they would, they would sponsor us. And one of my friends is, is actually still a, a sponsored semi-pro skier to this day. Then university, I found I was a better communicator than I was an academic. And so every single school project, capstone, undergraduate thesis project, whatever, came with a video. Fast forward to kind of the end of my degree program. It was a co-op program. So University of Waterloo, engineering, you spend four months in school, four months at work. Video had been a common thread with all my workplaces and product management. We were almost trying to use video to help explain software to people, help explain how to install it, how to use it. My future co-founder, Devin, really good friend from school, flew out to California where I was working to drive back to Waterloo with me. Ran out of things to talk about. 
after about 15 minutes and so started kind of diving into some business ideas. I think we both had entrepreneurial aspirations and both came to this common thread that video was the thing that businesses were trying to use to communicate complicated ideas. And video had been such a core part of my life. We decided that we were going to start a video production company. So we actually helped businesses make videos to describe their solutions, their software, their problems, how to use it. And uh, we did that for about six and a half, seven months. And then every company we made a video for said, hey, how do we put this on our website? And we'd really love to have a player that would be customized for our needs. And you know, at the end of the video, we want to recommend an action and we want to know who's watching. And so we started building that software under the premise that we had this really great services business, right? Go sell video production. And then we had this kind of SaaS business blooming, which was we can sell a solution that helps manage those assets and solve those things that the customer has. At that time, we applied to Y Combinator and they said, you know, there's a huge opportunity in the platform space. Focus on that. Stop making videos. We're going to fund you to help you fund the development of this platform and start selling that software. So that was in about 2011. Started working on that. We really started selling the software uh, in a major way in 2012, 2013. Fast forward about three and a half, four years, our BDR team, trying to stand out in someone's inbox, started playing around this with this idea of embedding a thumbnail into email. And uh, basically on that thumbnail, uh, writing the, the recipient's name on a whiteboard, and then having their kind of face and, and their personality contained in an animated GIF. And the way our BDRs were doing that was they were recording a video using QuickTime on their Mac uploading it to the platform, waiting for a tune code, grabbing the thumbnail, embedding that image in the email, hyperlinking it to the embedded video on a sharing page, sending it to the client, and then sitting on the Insights dashboard and waiting for the view counter to go from zero to one, just like we did way back in right, the day. Right, same thing, yeah. Yeah, so we saw this and the response rates were incredible, right? Because again, all of a sudden someone's face waving at you in your inbox, right? It's, it's much more dynamic than, you know, what could be an automated message. And uh, we realized we could build a workflow and productize what these BDRs were doing. So the innovation actually came from inside of the company. And that's really when we kind of got into the sales tool space. And so started talking to the sales loft and we made the product available for free on the Chrome store. And, you know, six months later, there was a couple hundred thousand installs uh, and so we really kind of got onto this thing. So what we are today is a kind of blended platform that works with marketing teams, sales teams, and internal and secure communications teams. But we didn't start that way. We just kind of pivoted and innovated based on our own needs and demand. You see the people, I mean, the classic kind of vidyard that you see is somebody holding a whiteboard with your first name on it. I guess I'll sort of uh, lodge an objection at you and love to see how you respond to this, right? So three, four, five years ago, whatever it was, if I got one of those videos, I could not resist watching. And it's like you could become the victim of your own success right now. You get more and more of those. And people will open anything that's novel and unusual until it burns out. And then people move on to something else. You know, As you A-B test, are, are those things still working? Yes, they are. And I think, you know, we have to remember being in high tech, you know, we see everything first, but there's so many industries that, that weren't prepared for remote work. And so there's so many industries that haven't even seen a video prospecting email with the whiteboard and the wave. So I think we're a long ways away from that level of saturation. 
you know, it took a long time for marketing automation to kind of be the victim of its own success. However, putting video in that bucket of being the, hey, how you doing on the whiteboard in a sales context is, I think, doing a disservice to the broader opportunity. And so we very rarely talk about that as a tactic anymore because it's fairly natural for businesses. Now, you know, really where we try to focus our attention is where does video matter most in the sales cycle? Because we are transitioning from this world of, I'm going to call you up and sell you something to you're going to do the research, start using it, and then let me know if you're interested in buying it. And video has a very compelling use case in those circumstances specifically. Are you saying for inbound response or you're saying later in the sales cycle, the use of video or both? Both. Got it. Got it. For outbound prospecting, I'll give you sort of some data. I'm wondering if you guys have somewhat similar analytics, but we looked at reply rates for when people use Vidyards and we found two pieces of advice information. One is that the best reply rates actually are not when the video is used in email one. They're best for email two. The other thing is that the video should not be the first thing in the email. Like You definitely want them to be able to see the thumbnail, but you need about, I don't know, two, three, four, whatever it is, sentences that provide some context to introduce the video. Are you able to know what response rates are? I guess you know open rates of the video probably, which effectively is like a response rate. What we see is that you know video is is a tool that's in your in your toolkit, right? Just like email is a tool in your toolkit, just like a face to face meeting is, just like a text message is, right? It, it's another medium that can create that connection. And you know, I, I really liken it to a tweet that that came out of Sasser a couple of weeks ago, which was, I never had a customer who churned that I didn't meet in person. Right. So everybody that you can meet and build a relationship with becomes a much better customer. And and video is a way of facilitating that. So I I think video is a way of generating a response on the very first email. We can see that certain types of people and certain demographics actually respond to that well because there's a sense of, wait a minute, someone has recorded something for me. Yes, they've given me a summary in the in the in the top paragraph of the email. I'm interested in this because they've obviously done research. This isn't just a a one-to-many email campaign that looks like it's from someone. There's a real human being behind this. And, you know, I'm a human being. I want to have this interaction. Our data shows that there's all sorts of places where video makes sense, but I think every company's cadence, every company's approach is different. And therefore where video gets placed is different. And trying to create some really high level generalizations you know, can be difficult because the sales process is different, right? How many touch points do you have? What's the duration? What's the deal size? Who's the buyer? All those things will ultimately play into these decisions. And the reality is video works at all of them. It's just figuring out how it's optimized for your business and how your sales cycle shakes out. You mentioned it works differently in different demographics. I would assume like that's different industries. Does it also relate to seniority levels or I guess a touchy subject, which is gender of the recipient and or the sender? Have you looked at any of those variables? Yes, for sure. We can say um, with fairly high degrees of confidence that messages sent between opposite sexes on the prospecting side generally have res- better responses when it's male to female or female to male. Same thing goes for demographics, right? Like if you, if you look at age, for instance, this next generation, what we'll call Gen Z, we qualify them as the people who came into the workplace with the mobile internet. 
right? They don't know what it was like to work without an iPhone in their pocket. Millennials were the ones who didn't know what it was like to work without email or, or computers or the internet. That generation is far more familiar with video communication. In fact, that generation, when they come into jobs at Vidyard in, in BDR roles, we actually have to teach them email etiquette because it's not a part of the way that they communicate and exist amongst friends, peer groups, and at school. Video is more natural for them. And so it's easier to produce. And that buying market is more inclined to engage with video um, than they are to you know, pick up the phone and call somebody or jump into a live instance, right? They want to do things asynchronously on their own time, educate themselves. They're more digitally focused than they are socially focused. And so that demographic, I think, creates video more easily and responds to video more easily. However, there is something contradictory here that we've, we've noticed as of recently, uh, which is the older demographics, which you assume aren't necessarily comfortable uh, creating video and probably don't want to sit through one, right? They'd rather just scan an email, print it off, do things the old way. Those people are identifying an opportunity with, with video and communication kind of from an enablement perspective, whereby instead of having a meeting, they're actually using uh, video updates. And so they're essentially asking their teams to create a quick message or a quick story on video using the screen recording functionality on top of a Google slide or something along those lines. Instead of taking a half hour, an hour to meet, that update is provided in five minutes. And then a response is given via video and it saves a bunch of time and creates a lot of efficiencies in the way. And of course, that can be done one to many. So, you know, they're again, just like email, just like phone, different demographics have different preferences. And I think as a, as a modern sales professional, understanding your buyer and your ICP and the key demographics and how they respond to your company's messaging is a, is a key part of being successful. And so again, video is another tool in the toolkit. You got to optimize for who you're sending it to. I would much prefer to rather than send an email to people that I work with who are largely millennials, just record a quick video and they're probably much more likely to consume it and then probably also much more likely to remember it or take action on it. If you think about using video to communicate an idea, it's far faster than writing it out, right? Especially if that idea includes visuals. You know, an email, you're writing it out, you're adding screenshots, you're trying to describe screenshots. Video, you just show somebody, right? So there's also the increased rate at which you can produce content for internal or external communications. You know, a sales order, right? Walk them through the sales order. Don't just send it to them. Where you can add a bunch of context that would be kind of hard and janky to do otherwise. You know, people are starting to use video now for not just that initial prospecting, but also things like inbound response or, or later in the sales cycle. Can you expand, I guess, since you went there a little bit with uh, walking through the sales order, ways that people can or should use video as the sales cycle is progressing? What do you guys do at Vidyard, you know, with your own deals? Yeah, for sure. So it, it's multifold, right? Uh, video is absolutely a part of kind of outbound prospecting. It's also a part of inbound responses. And so video is, given what we do, a paramount method of, of how we communicate. But we're also cognizant of the fact that not everything needs to be an email, right? A, a quick one-liner email response does not need to be a 30-second video. It needs to be a quick one-liner email response. But getting into kind of the sales tactics specifically, a really great one that I think is worth elaborating on is the sales order, right? What a lot of companies do is they, they send out the sales order and they stuff the sales order 
in a PowerPoint deck or in a document. And they try to basically produce the show in a way that the customer has a bunch of content to read, starts to feel good. And then they see the sales order, then they see the pricing and the breakdown and all that stuff. But you know what everybody does is just jump forward to the order and look at the final final line item, right? That's what everybody does. How much is it going to freaking cost me? <laughs> With a video, there's an opportunity to walk somebody through the sales order. Right? It's When you buy a vehicle or make a you know large considered an emotional purchase... The real estate agent, the car dealership, they always want you, they always want to walk you through it all, right? They always want to walk you through the vehicle purchase price and then all the extra things like nitrogen in your tires and paint protection and snake oil wiped all over stuff that you don't need. You have an opportunity to do that with video, right? It's the next best thing to being there in person. So walking the client through what each of the line items means and answering their questions proactively and establishing the value they're getting is much easier to do with video than it is to do if you just you just send that document. And I cannot emphasize that enough because at that point in, in, in the process, you know, your client's obviously engaged. They've asked for pricing. They've asked for the sales order. You know, they're interested in your solution. You've got that level of engagement. Now you can enrich that experience with audio and visual. Again, as if you were there, but it's asynchronous. And so it's on that client's time. Right? You're not saying, hey, let's book a Zoom call so I can walk you through the sales order. It's, hey, I recorded this for you. Watch it on your own time and get back to me. And then you, the rep, know when they watch it so you can proactively do that outreach at that time. Another one is post-sale. Right, When the deal is done, what happens next? A lot of companies have a launch process. They have a handoff to a CSM. You know, This is very common in B2B SaaS. How is that handoff done? What our team will do is they'll grab their laptop or their phone and go grab the CSM. And fire a quick message saying, hey, thanks for your business. Really excited to get started. I want to introduce you to your CSM. They wave at the camera. CSM says, hey, looking forward to booking a call. At the end of this video, you can see my calendar. Go ahead and book some time and we'll get your launch set up so that we can get you off and running as quickly as possible. Right. So now that customer who built a relationship with that sales rep and has to go through the pain of that transition to a CSM gets to see that CSM and gets to experience this new relationship they're going to have as they go and use this software to, to ultimately optimize whatever it is they, they need to in their business. Those are two like no-brainer things. Another one is the executive outreach. I know Kyle does this with cadences and I know he does this with video as well, but a really quick message from the executive sponsor on the deal saying, hey, I'm really excited about this opportunity to work together. These work well kind of pre and post sale just to create this engagement and sense of, of partnership that is so vital in the subscription software economy. So those are three kind of like very practical tactics that every company can do, but happy to kind of get into how we think about demos, how we think about call summaries, et cetera, because again, there's places for video in, in those areas as well. Yeah, the one I was just actually going to ask about was call summaries. And I mean, just even step that one back, which is the context here is rep is on a call with their prospect at you know almost any stage and i do wonder how many reps actually follow that good hygiene practice of sending a post call summary to the prospect i don't think it happens enough well an easy thing to do is uh is record your call use zoom record the call and then just send you know obviously sending an mp4 file isn't necessarily the greatest thing but with vidyard and the free product you could upload that file and send it to the client. And then if it's a consensus or group-based sale, you know they can share that around the team. 
speed controls are enabled. So you can watch it in what I call chipmunk mode, 2x speed. But that can be so important, right? Because what happens in these sales is a demo gets done to one person in the company who might not be the decision maker. Then they need to go and bring other people into the room. What if that first call was recorded and could be shared around the team? And you as an AE knew who on the team was watching it, right? And so could track the progress of the deal internal to that business without even being informed otherwise. What about on the calls where maybe there's not a demo and, and you just want to do a, hey, here's what I learned during the call, you know, per our conversation, here's the next steps. So to embed that in video form as opposed to in written form. Yeah. I mean, you know, that goes back to building the personal relationship, right? I, I think no matter what's being bought, people want to feel like they're making the right decision. And they want to feel like the person selling it to them truly understands them and the problems that they have, right? And there are a lot of companies where sales reps are very capable of explaining the value of their product in general, but not specific to what the company is trying to do with it, right? As a good sales rep, you're supposed to be listening. You're supposed to be taking notes. You're supposed to be understanding the business's challenges and how you solve them. So summarizing that in a webcam video is, I think, a really great way of establishing yourself as someone who actually gives a shit and cares. And you're probably forced by your sales leader to you know, put the notes in your CRM. And you, know, you probably are always getting riffed on for you know, the quality of those notes or maybe not doing it. But some of the best reps I know are doing this effectively. Why not summarize those notes in a video? Also append those to the CRM so that the CSM on handoff can go and watch this video and understand exactly what the problems were that you were trying to solve. And the customer then can share that around with their team and say, hey, this person at, at Vidyard really knows us in our business and this is how they can solve us. And I had a really good call with them and I'm really enthusiastic about this, right? Creating those person-to-person touch points Again, especially in an inside sales world, is really hard, but video makes it much easier. Your comment about being able to put a calendar link, say, at the end of a video, just sort of speaks to the way that new innovations are coming to you know this world. Since you've been doing this the better part of your life, starting with that shoulder-mounted <laughs> camera and moving on to GoPro and then running Vidyard for the last nine years, what do you think is, is coming down the pike in the way that video will be used in selling? There's a number of ways, right? Like I think one is, is automation comes to all things inevitably, right? So the ability to understand a person's buying journey and nurture them accordingly in an automated fashion you know, over time drove down response rates. Automating sales rep cadences and helping them do outreach more efficiently uh, so they have more time for research, right? Same thing can be applied to video. So some of our more advanced functionality is the video personalization suite. So what we can do is uh, you could pre-record a video and you could have a blank whiteboard in that video. We could dynamically insert someone's first name, last name, company name, whatever, motion tracked perfectly with the whiteboard so that it looks like it was written there for a one-to-many kind of outbound outreach. You know, we can do audio personalization. We can do real-time personalization. So if somebody comes to your website, they're cookied. We know who they are because we're talking to your marketing automation system and automatically render every single video asset specifically for them, specifically for their company, specifically for their contact name. So these things are already there. But they're at the bleeding edge. 
And, you know, I think a lot of companies still haven't built the sophistication of video into their workflows um, to truly make use of this product. The other one, which is kind of interesting, is the influencer video selling. And this one recently came to my attention. One of our sales reps, her name's Kyla, found out that one of her customers was a really big fan of Brett Favre from Green Bay Packers. And she DM'd Brett on Instagram and Brett responded and she asked him to record a video for her talking about how she was going to help this client. And he did it. And she sent this video to the client and the client loved it, shared it with the whole company. And it was an amazing deal. And so this idea I'd put in the kind of the crazy camp, but there's this interaction of the influencer marketplace, the fact that video, like you would never believe that an email is being sent from Brett, but a video is pretty hard to contend with, right? You know, one of the things that is a reality in our world is automation is paramount. And with automation comes a eventual decay in productivity. And so these new and innovative ways is, I think, natural to our industry. And it's the responsibility that we bear as innovators. So last thing I'll say, now every single video on our platform is automatically transcribed. So if someone did not want to watch the video, they could easily scan the transcription. It makes for more accessible video. It makes for video that can be watched without headphones. Um, which just makes the accessibility in general much, much better. So the innovation will just keep coming from there. I'm really grateful that you shared all the best practices with us. If folks want to learn more about Vidyard or learn more from you directly, what are the best ways to do that? Yeah, you find me on LinkedIn, uh, find me on Twitter. Uh, my email is michael at vidyard.com. I obviously really enjoy talking about this stuff and uh, would love to hear from you. Hey, Salespeople is a production made in partnership with Frequency Media. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan. Paige McCauley is our producer. Peter Lepinto is our editor. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are found. Thanks for listening to the Hey, Salespeople podcast.